Hey, good evening everyone, this is Kevin Finkel here. Welcome to episode number 26 of Magic the Final Frontier. As always with this podcast, we'll be discussing the Frontier format to keep our listeners up to date with what is powerful, interesting, and new in the world of Frontier. And I'm Matt Murde, Spike and Frontier lover out of front, out of, my goodness, Toronto, Ontario. A little tired tonight, Matt? A little bit. It's been a long day. I understand that. So... What we wanted to talk about tonight with me and you is we just want to keep people up to date with some recent content that's been coming out. I think we want to look a little bit at the online lists. I know we're both a little bit invested in that. And uh, it's always nice to see what people are making as their first decks in a new meta. So that's kind of what we'd like to do with tonight's show. Oh, right. All right so There's only two of us. Yeah. I have to talk now. <laughs> yeah, you got to fill the space. So, uh, yes, if you guys didn't hear our little announcement last week, so... Sky Burial, Kevin Hamlin, he'll be off. Um, he'll be on and off. Sometimes we will we'll have him as a regular on the show, but not a permanent host. And then we're hopefully next week going to be picking up uh, Ryan Schwenk as a regular as well, um, coming on the show. So he, he gives us a great input from Japan. He lets us see the lists out there, have a little bit more direct insight. And, you know, he's been really spreading the format with pros there. It's, he'll be a good, nice addition to our show, I think. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to arguing it with him, just a bunch. <laughs> oh, I know. we got to have that little bit of that dynamic. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Yeah, you know, I used to take a... I, I kind of would take that... I don't want to say devil's advocate, but, you know, I would, I'd really go far out there because you were weighing us down on the spike side of things. So we'll hopefully keep that nice medium. Yeah, that Mac guy, he's the worst. <laughs> All right, so do you want to talk about a Tarka Red? I... I was going to say I always want to talk about a Tarka Red, but that's not true. <laughs> I'm really happy to see a Tarka Red um, having a bigger piece of the format this season because I think I think it's been wrong just in all the past seasons that we haven't been seeing more a Tarka Red. So, okay, so what we're talking about here is that the Untap Open League runs a Frontier Tournament online. We had, oh, let me see how many players sign up this time. Was it 39, I believe? 39? I was going to say I thought it was just shy of 40. Actually, no, it does look like it's 40. So 40 players online, that, that's not bad. Um, I think people took it pretty seriously. There's a lot of competitive lists here, not too much of the weird stuff. And we saw a big uptick in Tarka Red, which I think is something we're happy to see. You know, it's a it's a strong deck. We think it's always been a strong deck and that people have been kind of light on it lately. So so looking at this list of, of like, archetypes, the spread across, this is the most mm -hmm. competitive list of decks I've ever seen for the Untap Open League. In a season, okay, and it's just like we're uh, we're seeing more uh, Atarka Red, and we're seeing mm -hmm. more Sahili finally, um, and I think those are really big, um, kind of key players in the format that have been really absent. Um, yeah, those are the two <clears> most popular decks of people who are playing this season. Yeah, it's nice, and it's nice to start seeing we're starting to see more uh, black green scales, um, which has always been a little bit underplayed. Um, we're not seeing two; we're seeing one. Uh, blue white humans list uh, and I'd, i would mm. like to have seen more uh, because though the humans lists are the ones that tend to beat sahili and atarka that's true although i had looked at quite a number of blue white or blue white x decks for this format and i was having a real problem having a deck that was tuned to be able to beat atarka red with those lists and still be able to be good against the control lists because i think that there were ways you could be tuned against the control you run a lot of the new Knight of Grace, you run things like Smuggler Copter, you pack a lot of Negates and Spell Quellers on your sideboard, and I don't feel like those help you enough against the control decks. Or if you're playing like an Esper deck, you're running the Scrap Heap Scroungers. 
So here's... Uh, sorry, those help you against the control decks. Um, they don't help you against the Atarka decks. It got to the point where I didn't feel like my Atarka matchup was favored with a lot of those lists. And in order to make it better, I'd have been hurting my control matchup. So I, I felt really pulled in both directions when I was looking at those and eventually went with something else instead. So, I mean, I think with control in this, especially if you're playing mono-white, and I think I think it was fair to say uh, that you, we should ex- be expecting a Tarka red. I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. Sahili this season as much, hmm. um, but I was certainly expecting a Tarka red, uh, which would have put me on humans for sure. Um, okay. It just uh, if I was looking to win anyway. Um so I think with the thing with blue black control is in this meta you can usually just dedicate like half your board to it, you know. I think that's probably true. I think that's harder a little bit for something like a white, maybe a white blue deck is to devote so much to. So I think a lot of the upgrades that I feel like helped the deck against control hurt it against Atarka. So Betelish Marshall is the the three mana three three that gives everyone a pump on the team. Against control, that's a better card than always watching, but against aggro, I'd rather have the always watching. So if I'm cutting one for the other, you know, that's pushing me more good against the control decks, not so good against Atarka. And I think that Knight of Grace for me replaced the, oh, what is the 3-1 that gets lifelink and swings as a 4-4? Uh, Glorybound Initiate, yeah. Yeah, Glorybound Initiate. So I kind of put him in that slot. I think he's great against a lot of the blue-black decks. They can't really deal with him without a sweeper. He doesn't die to Liliana like the Glorybound Initiate does, but... Not so good if your uh, your opponent's playing a bunch of hasty creatures and shocks and things that uh, go right through them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, so there, there definitely are some sacrifices to be made if you want to be able to beat control <clears throat> as, mm-hmm. a, as a white human's deck, for sure. So you had mentioned quickly there scales, and I think that's something I've been testing a fair amount. Um, I don't know if you and I have talked very much about scales on the show or off of it. Do you like where scales is right now, and do you like just green black or have you tried out other colors in it because i've tried you know i've tried red i've tried white i've tried blue kind of a little bit of everything in there i can tolerate a very small red splash um Hmm. because i think the best decks um tend to have narnum renegade in them um so they want to be able to trigger uh what's it called uh revolt yeah 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 revolt um so i mean most of them are they have the red lands um if you're splashing for Colligon's command, I'm kind of like okay with that because it's one of the best cards in the format. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if oh, I would because little... I do like the kind of streamlined nature of black green scales. You know, I want to go turn one Elvish Mystic or turn two, sorry, turn one scales, turn two fetch, double Narnum Renegade, turn three <laughs> Nissa Downtick, have like two five sixes or something on the board, right? Um, yeah, five six. Yeah, like so I just. <clears throat> The thing about scales is it's just so explosive, and some of its creatures just, like, some decks just cannot ever beat a giant uh, walking ballista. And on mm-hmm. the kind of flip side of that, some decks just cannot beat a giant walking, or hangerback walker. So you have, like, a kind of a good coverage. Um, like, some matchups just automatically lose to one of the those two cards, walker, basically, yeah. yeah. So like, Generally, the decks that are trying to go wide, things like a Tarka Red, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, Hanger... No, sorry. Walking Ballast does just take a beating out of, like, a Tarka Red, uh, Mono White Humans. And <clears throat> I think... So, looking back to my time at Face to Face, when they were still running Frontier events, mm-hmm. we never really saw that really popular uh, Jeskai Flyers deck take off. 
No, that um, was something that was always being seen in Japan and never really yeah. as much. We did have stuff. really talented players who would show up with it, but it just never, never got to do it. And I think the reason is because we had uh, Andrew Oyen at our shop. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Andrew Oyen is actually the guy who like pioneered black green scales uh, in Frontier. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm pretty confident that he single-handedly just stomped that deck out of the face-to-face format with. Uh, he shot all those X ones out of the sky with one blister. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, or maybe took him down with some uh, Avatar of the Resolute. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it, it really was the Walking Bowser because it's like some decks just can't beat it. It's hilarious. How all in do you like your green black scales to be? Because I've kind of seen two sides of it. I've seen one side that goes for a little bit more grindy of a game. They play a lot of things like Tireless Tracker, which accrues value as well as, you know, it's just such a strong green creature that gets some synergy from scales. Whereas I've also seen the kinds that are like, I want to turn to Managorja Hydra and my opponent's not going to race me, ever. I think Managorja Hydra is a straight-up win-more card. It it feels really good when it works, uh, but it's very... uh, It's very top heavy on the curve like this is a deck that tops out at three mana and like we're talking tops out at three mana like has four nissas and i think that's it hmm. it is what okay. i think the best version is uh especially because like yes mana gorger hydra gets gigantic right it does so if anyone's not familiar it's a three mana one one with trample and whenever either player casts any spell it gets a plus one plus one counter so if you've got a, a you know, one hardened scales in play, two spells are cast, now it's a 5-5 five, five trample. So, I mean, my thing is, hardened scales, like the, all of your creatures get big. That's your whole, the whole thing with your deck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, sorry, Rishkar is also a three drop, uh, but he's also... Yeah, Rishkar is also one that you'd like. I usually like one to two of him in the deck. Yeah, I think, I think the list I've played is two or three, but, but yeah... And I think it may also depend on whether or not you're all in on Elvish Mystic, which I think some decks are and some decks are not. I like four. Yeah, I, think I was comfortable with four. I don't think I'd go with any more now that we have the option to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm I'm pretty happy leaving the tireless tracker to the sideboard. Uh, okay. They're good, but like just I don't I want a low curve. I want to just be good at what I'm going to do, be consistent. And it's kind of the same reason I don't like Mana Gorge or Hydra. Yes, it can get gigantic, right? Uh, but it costs mm-hmm. three mana. And I I want to have, you know, a couple five fives and a four four hanger back walker on the board by the time I'm hitting three mana. You know, like... See, for me, that seems like it's more all-in than going with the Mana Gorge or Hydra who kind of wins on his own. See, I don't think... You're he... kind of depending on having that explosive draw where you play a bunch of snakes and XX creatures... I mean, I don't think that's fair, only because um, any of your creatures can win on their own in the sense that they're a body that can attack, right? Which is all all Mana Gorger Hydra is. It's a, just a, mm-hmm. a body. Gets big quick, sure. Uh, but what happens when they, they just kill your three mana threat, right? Like, it's like, this deck wants to be low curve, in my opinion. I, I want to see just gigantic one and two drops. Well, see, that's why I think Managorja Hydra is a four-drop, because you play him and you hold Blossoming Defense or Stubborn Denial. I don't think I want either of those main board. Okay. Now, do you feel the same way about Managorja Hydra as you do about 
Avatar of the Resolute. So that's the two green, three two that gets plus one plus one counter for each other creature you control with plus one plus one counter when it enters the battlefield and has trample and reach. So when, in my experience playing this deck, and I've played a fair bit of it, uh, Avatar of the Resolute is the easiest cut. It's still like a, See, a good creature, and coming down to two mana is really great. Um, have, can have some sweet upside, but it's probably the weakest creature in in the deck. That's usually that's kind of where I felt as well. Is that it always tends to feel like it's you know it's the all in. If you're already ahead, you've got a board of a bunch of creatures, then it comes in and it's huge. But if you don't, then it ends up you playing it as a three two, and you're really sad about it. Yeah, yeah it's not bad, but it's also it's not. I'm not excited about it. You know. Mm-hmm. And particularly in matchups like blue-black, where they're one for one you, it's going to look particularly weak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, do you want to talk a little bit more about Atarka if we want to move on to another list? Just have you looked into kind of what they're playing, if there's any new fun in some of these lists? I've heard a little bit about what, what's going on in some of these lists. I think some of them are have slowed down a little more than they probably ought to. Yeah, I think so too. I think I had a list for Atarka that I almost played for this season as well, and... Um... I was trying some things as well, but may- that maybe weren't worth doing. I-, I think the one thing that I've seen a couple people going to is the Siege Gun Commander, either main deck or sideboard. I just, I don't know how you could possibly justify that to me. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like a five mana in a deck. Like, how many, how are you ever going to hit that if you have a low enough land count to be a Tarka Red? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I-, I can't imagine. I love that card. I think it's great. I think we should see it played somewhere, like, but I think it's a mid-range card. I think so, too. Although, it does win some games when you play it, so I can see where they're going for. But then again, I also wasn't big on four drops in the main deck of Tarka Red, as where some of these lists, you know, they're running the Hazarets or the Chandras. I think most of what I'm seeing is Hazaret. Yeah, I, you could maybe talk me into one or two Hazaret, depending on the, de- on the list. It's not my it's not my favorite version of the deck, but Hazaret has enough upside that sure. If you need to have like two four drops in the deck, I mean, even one four drop, which I'd probably be happier about, that's okay. Hazaret's a good card. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's no room to slow down as a target red. You're all in, right? Like you're never there's no outgrind in a target red. You're you're all in. There's, it's an all in deck. Just be all in and don't be afraid of being all in. Okay, um, do you want to move on to another list? Is there another one you'd like to definitely point out or talk about? There's definitely some unique things. I don't know. We we don't know yet if they're successful unique things. I love that blue-white monument list. Some... Oh, you do like that list? I love it. I, I, really I love that card. It. <laughs> oh, it's a good card. Um, it's a little tricky, but it, it's an interesting card. I, I mean, I, I'm not ex- I have to be honest, and I'm sorry to the player. I'm not expecting the blue-white monument list to win. This. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it'll make top eight. But uh, I'd be really happy if it did, because it's a cool list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it can honestly do like so, a fair amount of work against a lot of lists in the format. Yeah, I mean, he's got the uh, he's got the main deck dusted on. I know how you've been feeling about that card. It's such a good card. It's a one <laughs> mana, f- or sorry, a four mana one sided board wipe. It just with additional card advantage attached attached to the back. It's bonkers. Oh, I'm looking at his list. Am I not seeing Reflector Mage? Yikes. Hit, I, don't, hit, I don't know what's going on there. I remember that particular list I thought was a little uh, a little slower and heavier than I would have wanted to be. It had a yeah, lot I don't of know five if I'd go all the way up to Avacyn, Cloud Blazer. He's got the Bygone Bishops, which then 
I think Bygone Bishop is, is good. I think you need Bygone Bishop for this deck to work. Mm-hmm. But, but I, then I would pair it with a bunch of like two drops yeah. and for one. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 the list I've played is uh, really low curve. So that, mm-hmm. that's what I like about it. Okay, I know you're working on a, on a Dust to Dawn desk, deck. One day you'll break that out for us and we'll, we'll see how it looks. Absolutely. So, all right, if we're going to talk about one deck, look at this beautiful masterpiece here. Oh, you're going to talk about the uh, the Grixis Thing of the Ice deck, That's right? right. The best deck in the format. So we actually have a... I believe that the person who's running this, uh, his name online is Neverducky. I believe he actually has an article coming out on this if it's not already out. So um, I think that's a good... Check it out there. He'll talk a little bit more about the deck, more than you know Matt already has. And I've heard some of Matt's comments on that deck. Maybe you can post some response to that when it comes out. But uh, if you guys haven't been, check out you know mtgfrontier.net. I'm gonna have to be to find some good content like this. I'm gonna have to be really mean to him about it. <laughs> I know that it was not. Uh, you gave him some advice. He didn't follow all of it. That's Anything a... specific? You're like, oh, why does it not have? So I think the biggest thing that stood out to me. Or there's two things. One is, uh, mm-hmm. so this particular list is running three fatal push. Okay. Uh, uh, which is fine. I actually think three is the right number um, in a meta as control heavy as we've typically been. But then he also mm-hmm. has four uh, fiery impulse. Ooh, or sorry, not four fiery cool. impulse. He's running any number of fiery impulse <laughs> okay. without first going up to four fatal push. Now, the only time I think that would be excusable is if he was running a whole bunch of uh, Soulfire Grandmaster. Yeah. But that is not the right colors for that. Yeah. Um, the second thing, I think cutting uh, reduced to rubble is a big mistake. Um, hmm. mostly because this particular deck likes to use strategic planning uh, and things like pitching, uh, looting with with Jace to put things in your graveyard. Uh, and just three mana counterspell is a fine playable card. Uh, having the extra spell like kind of stored away in your graveyard for use later with your thing in the ice is pretty brutal. Especially when you can tap down their lands. Mm-hmm. Um flip their board and then you have this giant beater that they can't deal with because all their lands tapped and you just kill them because they they don't get to untap on their next turn so so i can see thing in the eyes flipping but how flippable is jace in this deck quite um primarily that it he doesn't just get killed right away i mean sometimes he does but i mean here's the thing (laughs) right like i have enough two drops in this deck that there are there's gonna be push targets okay um beyond that the deck is just jam-packed full of uh, recursion. So we're running two Claim to Fame, uh, I think three Colligons Command, um, two Liliana. Right, yeah. And then we're also running uh, we're running some disruption in the form of counterspells. Uh, Reduce to Rubble, which is not necessarily the best way to hit a Fatal Push, but fringe, fringe protection. I think we have one Negate as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think it's just... They can only kill your things so many times. Especially as we... you're putting pressure on them with, say... Like, if I have a thing on the ice thing in the ice in the board, um, that's an immediate threat. That's going to bounce their board, which is a huge tempo loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also kind of interacting with everything they're doing, right? Because I have so many spells um, and, yeah, and things course. to do in this <laughs> list. And I'm drawing so many cards with treasure crews. And, uh, you know, my ops are, are finding me the gas that I need. And... All right, I might have to cut you off on talking about Christmas <laughs> yeah, spells. I, I think we've given you a chance to uh, to herald this deck the last few episodes. <laughs> we don't want to be 
too all in on it, especially till somebody proves us that it really can put up the results. Don't make me do it. <laughs> I'm going to make you do it. Damn it. All right, why don't we look at some other lists here? And uh, anything else that really stands out to you? Do you want to talk again about Ascendancy? You know, we've mentioned it quite a bit. We only ended up with two people on the combo, but I'd I think love... it was quite the talk for a few days. I think people found out about it kind of the week leading up to deck lists being locked, and um, it was taking people by surprise at that point. I'd love to talk about Ascendancy. Let's do it. <laughs> you first. Uh, so, I mean, de- the deck's great. It kills on turn four. The deck's bad. It gets disrupted super easy. What what disrupts it, though? Uh, any counterspell. Uh, hand disruption. Um, Dramoka's command. All right, I don't think a Tarka Red is playing any of those. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, there, there's going to be some matchups where you can just win on turn four. Mm-hmm. Now, I also don't think it's consistent enough in winning on turn four. Like, I'll put it this way. You goldfish a thousand games each. What deck do you think wins more on turn four? Atarka Red or Ascendancy? I think it's similar. For turn four, I think it's similar. I mean, I've from what I've seen, you need a very specific... You need a combination of two cards, right? Yeah, you need two cards and you win the game. But you need to have those exact two cards. And you also need your mana to line up so you have exactly four colors mm-hmm. on turn four. Um, so it's... To me, I haven't seen the consistency out of Ascendancy that I would I would see out of a Tarka Red. Okay, um, and I could be wrong about it. Maybe there's uh, maybe I just need to play it, play with it more. I, I just haven't seen that consistency. Um, we also did. I don't know if it falls into combo. We also did see one Elves list. If you don't mind moving on, I haven't actually um, taken a look at this. Is this actually a combo list or is this an aggro list? Um, let, let me let me take a look at the list and see what's actually going on in there. I'd be surprised uh, if you told me it was a Panharmonicon combo list. <laughs> hey, I played some of those, uh, I think, last season. It actually works out pretty well. But I, I do think that the format's moved on from the Panharmonicon versions a little bit. Oh, he's doing some strange things. He's got the new Steel Leaf Champion. He's playing Song of Freilise, which is unusual. It is a little unusual. Um, he's got some Driven to Despair. He's got some Core. He's got some Collected Company. I don't know about playing all of those. You kind of want to pick two or three but yeah it seems a little yeah. a little chaotic but I, I actually really like the idea of song of frailies the more i think about it <laughs> so could be all right i mean the, the the pump to the team certainly seems nice but i'm worried that the kind of creatures you're actually giving the ability to can already tap for mana and you don't really want to be giving your five for the ability to tap for mana yeah i mean it's not a perfect perfect synergy piece but i don't mind it i think it's i think it's okay yeah, so I think there was a lot of hype about Elves is why I wanted to bring it up. And I know you weren't very big on it when testing. I thought I had found a few decks, a few versions of Elves that were quite powerful, along with people who I was testing with. I guess, like, I just, as an aggro list, I always found myself falling short compared mm. to aggro lists that had a little more uh, either speed or synergy, right? So, like, I, found I was slower than a Tarka Red. Um, I didn't have... Um, the mid and end game of black green scales uh humans just had everything better than me it felt like um (laughs) maybe my turn two and three i would i would be a little wider on the board but it didn't matter because they were just so much better at combat um with their first strike and their vigilance and um you know they're really good at growing the five four unblockable kind of changes that though i mean maybe but i think 
it's not really unblockable for long against humans because they're running they tend to run like seven eight anthems right <laughs> um, and uh two of their anthems also get huge anytime you know a human comes into play so like, i just i haven't found that elves has the ability to race uh the same way other aggro decks do and i think okay. even in terms of if we're looking at kind of more value decks right so like um, I know some people tend to view Abzan as a mid-range. I still think it's on the on the aggro range, but... Yeah, it's certainly... I, I still see it as the aggro side because I think of Abzan mid-range and I think of starting your curve with Corsair of Crufix and ending it with things like Elspeth and... I mean, we saw versions with Ugin at one point. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it doesn't have enough interaction for me to want to call it mid-range. Mm-hmm. Um, but elves don't curve out like Abzan does either, right? Um so just I haven't found they're really good at making mana. They're really they really want to have that explosive turn three, right? Um, which is what you know eight dorks is all about. Eight dorks is I want to hit something dorks, on turn three even. or oh, sorry on turn two um, that you mm-hmm. can't beat. Uh, unfortunately, the best things to hit on turn two aren't in green. Like you know we're looking at Thalia is a beating. You know like. I mean, I think the 5-4 for 3 mana is worth it on turn 2. I think that if you don't have it, though, those starts do seem a little bit weaker. So kind of the two versions I've seen which are strongest in this deck are the version that does run, you know, 12 dorks. It goes to a very high chance of getting one of those powerful 3 drops. Um, I think that the list I saw also ran some number of Thought Not Seer, which was very strong. I mean, I don't hate the 5-4, the the 3 mana 5-4. I think it's a decent card. Uh, but mm-hmm. you'd have trouble selling me on it having as much impact as Athalia. Uh, primarily because Thalia protects herself and other creatures uh, from push, right? And yeah. just from, like, if you're if it, if that's coming down on turn two, there's not a lot, lot of one-mana removal in the format. So it, it's hard to actually line up something to kill Thalia with. Uh, and mm-hmm. the kind of tempo loss lets you put in a lot of damage and really set them behind on board. Uh, so that's but- my main... Uh, yeah, I mean the eight dorks is the one thing I would say sells it. But the other thing I would say is that I, I don't know if I want to be running eight dorks and then Thalia. I just don't know where else you go with that deck. I don't think that Abzan really wants that. I don't think that there's a green white monsters kind of list that quite does it there. So I this seems like the best eight dork list. Yeah, I just I don't know how much better eight dorks is than just four dorks. You know, mm-hmm. um, when, okay when you don't have like. If we had something Thalia level to ramp into in Elves, I'd be a As lot a more. Drop. Yeah, if we we just need more three drops that are like, okay, how are you possibly going to win now? Right? They they need to ask a harder question than uh, five four. Shoot, why I can't remember his name. Oh uh, yeah, we should actually give the name here. So we've been talking about it enough. It's the um, Steel Leaf Champion. Yeah. So. I don't think Steel Leaf Champion asks a hard enough question is is the main thing, especially if your main game plan is going to be dorks. So like he's going to be your only threat that can actually fight uh, as you're kind of... Elves aren't great at combat is the, big, is the big problem that it really keeps boiling down to. So he's good at combat, but if he's the only one, who do you think they're going to remove, right? They, there's, yeah. there's no other targets that are good targets who are scary in elves okay so you did mention one thing and i think i want to bring it up then is abzan we are missing abzan this season aren't we 
Oh, that is that is true. Yeah. We finally saw it come back in Japan, and uh, it's disappeared from our meta here. So that's a little sad. And I think Abzan would actually be pretty good into into the lists I'm seeing here. Uh, the only I thing. It's another one that I tested. I think there's a lot of things I like that are new that might go into Abzan, but I didn't have enough time to kind of narrow down what I'd actually like to play. Like, I like the, what is the, the one that makes Knights, History of Benalia. Yeah, yeah, History of Benalia. I think if I were white enough, I could definitely play that. I think that there's potential to try an eight-dork list in Abzan. I don't know if that would be good enough. I wouldn't mind trying some of the new two-drops. Like, I think the Knight of Grace is good. I think there might be room to try going back to, um... Grim Flayer. So there's definitely things I want to try in Abzan, and I didn't quite get the time to test it to be able to think, this is the list I want to play. Yeah, Abzan is just such a versatile set of decks. Actually, I think I had actually, you know, like, night before I had to submit, I was, like, working on an Abzan list. I was like, no, this is this is a complete mess. I can't submit this. I just went with uh, Ascendancy. Yeah. Let's see if I can pull that up. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but do, do you have any thoughts on how you would build Abzan? I don't know if it's something you've played a lot of. I have played a lot of it, um, but there's a lot of new cards that I'd be interested in exploring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a very traditional build of Abzan, like the uh, Abzan Aggro, would be pretty good into this meta. Uh, you mm-hmm. might want to look at Sylvan Advocate instead of uh, Grim Flare uh, in an aggro-heavy meta. And, okay, uh, that's reasonable. I mean, oh, even... the other card that I definitely wanted to try, but I don't know if it belongs mainboard or not, is some number of Lyra. And that would have felt great in this uh, format. So that's the the Baneslayer Angel. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm really not sold on her in Frontier. I think five mana is Hmm. just so ambitious. It's so so much to ask for. I feel like Abzan can afford one five drop, especially in a version that has Elvish Mystic. I I feel like that could be Lyra. I feel like I'd be more comfortable with one Lyra than I would be with, like, one Archangel Avacyn or something similar. You know, I don't, I don't hate that one. One's probably okay. I think you can. And it would have felt really good in that. I think you can usually <laughs> afford the greed lord for one five drop, but I think it is yep. a little greedy either way. Probably better than me running something like an Obnix list, which I like to do. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, anything else that you really want to call out from what we saw from the online metagame? No, I think we pretty much covered it all, honestly. All right, well, uh, I think this was fun. Why don't we kind of move to the wrap-up of our show? Yeah, let's do it. So I did mention earlier, guys, make sure to check out mtgfrontier.net. We've got some more great content really coming out. We're starting to load up our articles tab. We should have some good primers for new players. You know, just a great place to find more things that are Frontier-related. We try and keep links for anything that's going on, anything that's coming out, anything at all that's Frontier-related. So in addition to listening to the show, it's the best way to stay up-to-date with what's new in Frontier. Other than that, we're hoping to have, we already announced Ryan should be on the show next week. He's got some big tournaments he wants to talk about, as well as, you know, just bringing some new insight. Do you have any ideas for what we'd like to talk about next week on the show? I think we were excited to talk about cards that only see play in Frontier, right? That seems like Oh, yeah, don't even get me started, or I'm going to start talking about it now. So and that might be our episode next week, as we want to talk about the decks and the cards that are really only played in Frontier. You don't see them in other formats, well, and... Uh, that's whoa. something great about Frontier. Whoa, 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 you've got me excited now. you got to give me a teaser. <laughs> just just name a card that you want to talk about. How about in Soul Artifact? All right, all right. All right, all right. But that might be our next cast, so join us there. As always, 
we are mdg frontier you can find us at mtg frontier on twitter mtg underscore frontier on instagram and reddit.com r slash mdg final frontier and please reach out to me uh, at twitter at uh turkey one thank you guys this was fun i think we kept this clean with just the two of us and as always for everyone out there listening we look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online your final frontier signing off Thank you.